Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Explaining History podcast and I wanted to make this recording a little bit different today because there are things that uh, need to be discussed not just by myself as a history teacher and kind of history enthusiast. I never really think of myself as a historian particularly but um, somebody who wants to bring the best of what I, I've read about to um, a wider audience. Um, it's not a really a podcast where I tell the listener things. It's a podcast where I'm asking for engagement from you guys on a matter which I think is very, very important. And it's the matter of um, hate speech online. Now, um, the podcast has grown to um, a size whereby we're getting something like 60,000 um, individual uh, listens per month. Um Around the world, um, the new platform that I, I use shows me um, almost down to kind of micro detail where people are downloading from, and it's extraordinary. Um, there are um, large numbers of people in uh, America, Great Britain, Australia, Canada um, who listen, but all sorts of extraordinary and unexpected places. Um, that just shows my kind of Anglo-centric worldview, doesn't it? Um, from uh, Asia, Africa, the Middle East. Um, we've had some listeners in North Korea, would you believe it? But, you know, keep that one quiet. And when you reach an audience of this size, it's not sufficient to simply put information out there and ideas out there and take no responsibility for them once they land. It's also not sufficient to simply view it as my podcast. It's not. It's yours. It's yours. Every time that you click on a recording, it becomes your podcast because how you listen to what I am saying and how you interpret what I'm saying is unique to to you, the listener, and to the next listener uh, who might be, you know, a stone's throw from you, or a hundred miles from you, or a thousand miles from you, their worldview, their, um, are based on what I'm saying, and their own experiences of life, and their own culturally distinct um, historical formation, is going to be entirely different too. So uh, every time, if a thousand people listen to one podcast, it's a, a thousand different podcasts. So it's not my podcast, it's yours. 
And that brings me to uh, the, the key point here, um, what we do about um, hate speech that is um, emerging. I've discovered recently, when I put the um, podcast into YouTube format, and we're getting about 20,000 um, listeners uh, a month or views a month on, on YouTube, so it's, it's growing, that there are people, uh, particularly when it's uh, topics such as Nazism or civil rights, who are putting uh, hate speech comments. Now, the question about what to do about this isn't a simple one. There are, in fact, I think, two contending perspectives. If you look at what Karl Popper had to say in the Open Society and Its Enemies, he said that there is a free speech paradox at play, that if you allow absolute free speech to everybody, then you will uh, embolden those that wish to destroy free speech, thus destroying free speech. Um, by allowing Hitler or uh, his admirers uh, carte blanche to say what they want, they will engineer a situation whereby they destroy everybody else's rights other than their own. Um, Against that point of view is the the more Chomskyan um, libertarian notion that free speech is for the ideas that you disagree with. There's no point in having free speech if this is simply a, a, a narrow band of ideas that you deem um, uh, acceptable to you in the first place. So we, we must be offended uh, by, by free speech. My way of thinking about this uh, is as follows. And um, Firstly, before I give you my um, way of thinking about this, the purpose of this podcast is, is to invite you guys, everybody, before we take any action on this at all, to have a platform. So I would like, I'm going to post something <coughs> on the Explaining History Facebook page in a little while. And I'd like as many people to um, join in the conversation because I'm not going to take action before, really, we, we have a kind of a, a, a consensus. Because as I've said, this is your podcast, this is a democratic community, and um, it's not my place to take action unilaterally. However, I will make my point here. Firstly, the Popper argument, I think, is valid, that free speech must have its limitations. Um, It's a bit like uh, the right to speech is a bit like the right to drive. We all have the right to a driving licence, but we cannot drive in exactly how we want mowing down pedestrians because there would be uh, anarchy. So there must be a kind of a a system of essential rules to, um, to speech. And the, the rules must follow you know, the empathic principle um, that I can do what I like as long as it does not harm another person. I think that's the first principle we need to uh, ad- adopt um, regarding uh, the, kind of the limitations of, of what we say. And it's the kind of behaviour that we would like to be able to uh, aspire to in, in everyday life. The second view is that it is right and proper that we're all exposed to debate, that our ideas are debated. There are people who um, write and add comments um, on the YouTube channel which are extremely healthy, which I don't necessarily always agree with or think are um, entirely valid, and some that I do, and some that challenge what I have to say and force me to, t- to entertain different perspectives and to synthesise and come up with new positions and, and explanations for things. That's great. But the, the, the 
points that are being made by hate speech um, enthusiasts aren't really debates at all. You know, somebody writing Hitler was brilliant. Well, there's what conversation is there actually to be had there? The idea that, you know, if you think Hitler is great, it's not a historical argument. It's an ideological one, or perhaps you could make the case that it's a moral one, or one that kind of uh, suggests a lack of any kind of personal morality. So it could be okay to make the case for deleting such comments because they offer nothing to the conversation, and the only thing that they're likely to do is cause harm. Harm by which I mean making people who want to watch a video or listen to a podcast um, and have a look at the comment threads below feel alienated and unwelcome. Um, Jewish or Muslim or gay or lesbian or just non-Nazi, uh, uh, non-fascist people uh, will feel that this is not a public forum that's welcome to them. And as we can see, there are so many spaces online where this kind of poisonous, hate-filled attitude is starting to bubble up, that it's entirely possible that if it goes unchecked in certain forums and in certain um, arenas, there will be fewer and fewer places um, for people who are offended and disgusted by fascist thinking uh, to feel comfortable. Now, I'm aware that there's a whole range of thinking on um, the idea of safe spaces, um, particularly at uh, universities, uh, places where um, people won't be challenged by ideas uh, that offend them. And much has been made of this. Um, how prevalent this is, really, uh, I don't know. And we do have to be careful that we don't uh, limit the scope of debate and um, insulate people from realities they find uncomfortable, but which are there nonetheless. So it's okay for people to discuss Nazism. It's okay for people to have lively debate about Nazism. There are people who have revisionist views on Nazism, who might say all sorts of outlandish, misguided things um, about the Holocaust or about... Um, the Second World War, or about Hitler's various merits uh, as a leader. And those are the people that I believe can be actively engaged in debate. Um, but people who are simply there and their expe the express wish is to encourage hatred and um, they, are, they don't wish to engage in any kind of conversation. Debate with those people actually does more harm than good. Um, much like attention-seeking children, they are uh, they they gain a kind of uh, acceptability, a kind of kudos by engaging in confrontation. And their set ideology is to engage uh, the the social justice warriors of the world, which I think is an amazing title, by the way. And if anyone wants to call me that, I'm perfectly happy. It sounds like a kind of an online Facebook Jedi type type thing. Um, to engage people like myself uh, in uh, angry debate. Um, and the, the thing is, is that you know, if you argue with an idiot, you'll always lose. The most serious point here uh, about removing hate speech is that it's a, a necessary censorship. It is uh, a necessary censorship because of the context in which it exists. At the moment, we see uh, far-right movements making advances in America, in Great Britain, 
we see them uh, making advances in Europe. But the you know some of the more terrifying ones are actually in places such as the Philippines, uh, India, um, and other parts of what we'd notionally call the, the third world. There was an interesting report several years ago which suggested uh, amongst Hindu nationalists uh, in India that Mein Kampf had had a resurgence in, in popularity. So we are in very, very dangerous conditions worldwide, a, a, a scourge we thought we had uh, pushed to history's margins, is trying to find its way back onto centre stage. And so it's incumbent upon anyone and everyone, even an irrelevant little podcaster like me, who has a comparatively minuscule audience, to hold the line. And when other groups um, around and um, individuals around the world and online with presences small, medium or large, are making efforts to... Uh, create places where there is no hate speech. It, it cannot be acceptable for myself or for anybody else to um, uh, undermine that. Um, so that's my, my position. I believe that and I believe that a censoring of hate speech is essential for the reasons I've set out. Now, I do not claim a monopoly on truth and I do not claim a monopoly on rationale. And there are arguments, I'm sure, that can be put back to me uh, against the position that I have. And I welcome the debate because I don't want to make decisions without having heard from everybody. It's not my place to, and it is, as I said, your podcast. So I'm going to finish this strange little sermon here, but I'm going to invite everybody to come to uh, the Explaining History Facebook page, um, and join in the conversation, and we'll, we'll come to a consensus position about what to do. Thanks very much, and I'll speak to you all soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 